Good afternoon. It's great to see you and welcome you to Providence. My name is Jacob Armstrong. I'm one of the pastors here. Uh, I want to jump right to the scripture where it says, An angel of the Lord appeared to them, and the glory of the Lord shone around them. I've tried to imagine what it must be like for God's glory to be so evident that it lights up a field in the middle of the night. What, what actually caused the light? Where did the light come from? The scripture just says that the glory of the Lord shone around them. And uh, as we think about that tonight, I want us to try to imagine what it would be like, even though we're here in the afternoon, <laughs> what it would be like to be in a dark place and God's light be so bright that it, that it shone around them. Of course, we know the rest of the story that the, the light was all about a baby boy. In fact, maybe the light was the baby boy. And the announcement to the shepherds is the same for us, that this baby boy is the Savior and the Lord. And this and is almost like bolded and italicized. <laughs> and he's in our town. Last Monday night, my wife Rachel and I were at the Ryman Auditorium, which is sometimes called the Mother Church of Country Music. So it brings like God and country music together, which makes my heart warm. And one of our favorite uh, songwriters, a guy named Andy Gullihorn, you should check him out, sang this song. Uh, These were some of the opening words. He said, sometimes all this pain and sadness is more than a heart can handle, but I'm tired of cursing at the darkness. I'm going to light a candle. Sometimes all this pain and sadness is more than a heart can handle, but I'm tired of cursing at the darkness. I'm going to light a candle. And when he sang that, what I pictured immediately was this room and you all and what we're going to do in just a few uh, moments, right? One of the reasons you came here, we're going to light our candles and, and lift them up because we believe in this baby boy. But I don't know if you're like me, sometimes all this pain and sadness can cause me to do nothing, right? To almost feel paralyzed. You can even on, on Christmas Day be feeling pain and sadness and it kind of can stop you if you're not careful. But I think that the people of God, and maybe you have it in you this afternoon, oftentimes have this sense that there's something that we're supposed to do because we believe in this uh, baby. It's this crazy story, I know. Uh, that there's something that we're actually supposed to, to do and to say, something that's supposed to, to move us in this time. I want you to think about tonight what it might mean for you to light a candle. Instead of joining in, like I do sometimes, the cursing at the darkness party. Instead of doing that to say, I have a light, it's a baby boy, and I'm going to light a candle. This is my second Christmas, our second Christmas, without Chad Clark. Many of you have heard me talk about Chad if you come to Providence. He was one of those guys that helped us start the church. He and his wife, Tana, were actually the ones that started the school in Haiti some years ago, but he was also my friend. We were in a small group Bible study uh, for about eight years. We met week after week, and uh, in 2017, Chad died of cancer. So last Christmas was our first Christmas without Chad, and Nathan, Chad's son, we found ourselves towards the end of the year just having this feeling like we should do something. (laughs) You ever have grief or just something going on in your life? Like, I just, I just need to do something. And so Nathan and I talked and we decided that we would plant a tree. That's what we came up with. Chad loved planting trees. He loved working in the yard. So Nathan and I decided that with 
what we would do with all this stuff stirring up inside of us is we would plant a tree. So we went and bought a blue spruce. I have a picture of it because it was so beautiful. This is Nathan. Last Christmas, we bought this blue spruce. (laughs) We went to his house and we dug this big hole in the yard with mom's approval, okay? We dug this big hole. We planted the tree, covered it up. And then we went and got a long extension cord, ran it out in the yard, covered it in Christmas lights and uh, called the family out onto the lawn, right? And just had this Griswold moment, like, look at our tree and look at the lights. I don't have a good Cousin Eddie impression, but like, it's a butte, Clark, or whatever he said. You know, it's like this beautiful moment, our tree. We had to do something, and so we planted a tree. Well, this is our second Christmas uh, without Chad. And last month, Nathan and his family, they moved. And Nathan and I started asking, uh, asking ourselves this question. We were like, how are we going to get our tree? They actually had both houses for a little while. They had the new house and the one was waiting to close. And so we created a plan for excavation and relocation of the tree. We had it all scheduled out, a day to do it. And then they moved the closing up on the sale of the house and they sold the house before we could get our tree. It turns out that if someone buys a house, they own the trees in the yard as well. Nathan and I made a plan to sort of steal the tree in the middle of the night. It's our tree. This plan did not meet mom's approval. And so this week, Nathan and I went and bought another tree. He told me when we got to the nursery up here at Needham's, he said, dad used to always, every house we moved into, they lived in several houses, every house we moved into, dad would buy a Japanese maple. And we looked around, they had Japanese maple. So we bought a Japanese maple, went to their new house dug a hole, planted the tree, called the family out on the lawn. Sometimes all this pain and sadness is more than a heart can handle, but I'm tired of cursing at the darkness. I'm gonna light a candle. I don't know if in your life you feel the darkness coming in. Even maybe on Christmas Eve, feel a bit of darkness and wonder how am I gonna fight the darkness off? You may not have a spotlight, but you have a candle. That's what the Brooks house is about. Like this Christmas Eve offering, something we're so excited about to give away 100% of our offering. The Brooks house was this place 10 years or so ago. A lady named Liz Reese, who's a member of our church, uh, had this dream and other people joined her. Some of the board from the Brooks house is here tonight. They had this dream for women and children in our community who don't have a place to go, who are abused, who would have no place to stay, no place to be fed. And, And all they've done for the last 10 years is every night light candles, right? They rescue women. They rescue children. They're, they're lighting a candle day after day after day. This idea of feeding hungry children for us, we were introduced into this story about 10 years ago as well. There were teachers in our community that said on Monday mornings, there are children coming to school. These are the children on the free lunch and reduced lunch program. And on Monday mornings, they're hungry because they haven't eaten over the weekend. And so these teachers began to light a candle. We gathered at Stoner Creek Elementary where our church was meeting some time ago guidance counselors and teachers in this program you may have heard of it called the backpack program was instituted and now every elementary school and middle school has food that goes home on the weekends with kids some years into that we realized that the younger siblings of these kids who aren't in school were hungry and so we had to figure something out about that we had to do something 
Uh, just this year, some of you know that we learned there are kids going to school uh, who aren't on the free and reduced lunch program, and they don't have money for lunch, and you all instituted a fund in every school in Wilson County and the Lebanon City School District, so no kid goes to school and can't buy breakfast or can't buy lunch. This year, the Wilson County School District shared with us a dream for this bus that would go into the neighborhoods on the break times. All this is just about us knowing that God has called us to something and saying we have to do something. That's the story of the benevolent school in Haiti, Chad and Tana, some years ago. They had no business, a couple that lived in Providence, starting a school in Lanzac, Haiti. Uh, Did you see the picture, though? Last year, your Christmas Eve offering funded the building of that school. We're now over 200, last Christmas was 100, and now 200 kids are coming every day and being fed and loved and taught about Jesus. They had to do something. That's Tana. (laughs) But behind all of these lights, this is what I want you to hear this afternoon. Behind all these lights is a baby boy who came to save, to save us from our sins, to save us from ourselves, to save us from destruction, to save us from darkness. When you meet this little boy, it compels you to do something. You can't be the same after you meet him. It compels you to go and to do something. That's the story of Christmas. If you read it in Luke chapter 1 and 2, in the beginning of Matthew, Joseph, who is engaged to Mary, finds out that she's pregnant. He has a dream, and the dream tells him, what? To do something Your baby is going to save the people from their sins. And so Joseph wakes up and the scripture says he takes Mary home as his wife. He does something. Mary, she receives the news. An angel comes to her. She's pregnant. She's overwhelmed by the news that she's carrying the king. But after after that announcement, she says, I am the Lord's servant. Let it be to me as you have said. Modern translation, let's do this. I'm in. She sings a song that traditionally is called the Magnificat. These words, and it, what I want you to hear, it's not just a pretty song that she sings. She says, the, the, the low are going to be lifted up. There's going to be an evening out between all those who have so much and the ones who've been forgotten. This is in the song. I'm not making this up. She says, the hungry ones are going to be fed. The wise men, I'm going to give all of them to you. Just sit back and relax. <laughs> the wise men, they're in this faraway place. They see in the sky that the king is coming. They load up their camels with their most precious and, and valuable gifts. What are they doing? They're doing something. The shepherds, I don't know if you heard it. It says, after they came to Jesus, it says, when they saw him, they began to spread the word. So not, they didn't just have a great Christmas morning with Jesus. <laughs> they then began, it sounds to me like lighting candles. They began to spread the word and it it spread sometimes you just have this feeling you have to do something I always want to get my my wife a a good Christmas present right because I just I love her so much I want to do something but my wife is very practical and she does not like extravagant gifts she doesn't like unknown gifts she doesn't like surprise gifts okay I've learned this in 20 years she really and like some people say it and they don't mean it she says it and she means it But every few years, I find myself like at Jared, the gallery of jewelers, you know? I'm like, I know I shouldn't be here. I know I shouldn't be doing this. And I'm like, do you have that infinity heart thing where the hearts come together? It symbolizes unending love, you know? Uh, If your husband bought you that this year, it's awesome. I've bought it for Rachel. (laughs) But 
Sometimes I just have this feeling that I'm supposed to do something. Is there anybody here that feels like you're supposed to do something? Well, then light a candle in Jesus' name tonight. I have this crazy feeling. What happened at the Ramen Auditorium, the feeling I had is that what we're doing this afternoon may be the most important thing we could do as the followers of God. I mean, we know we have to go out and do something, but tonight, this afternoon, <laughs> we are, uh, we're lighting candles together and saying, I believe in Jesus. And so maybe tonight for you as the, I'm just going to keep saying tonight, maybe tonight for you is the first time that you believe. Maybe you're even thinking about believing. I, light a candle. This is so cool. Some of you are here. This is your 60th or 70th Christmas Eve service where you believed. Light a candle with that same hope and desire as a newborn believer. Some of you are here and you're lighting your candle for Chad or someone you've lost this year. That's what you're holding right in your heart. Light a candle and hold it before Jesus. Some of you are depressed. I get it. Light a candle tonight and just see the light. Just see a little bit of light and see it spread. Some of you are going to light a candle for a baby that's on the way your child or a grandchild. Some of you are going to light a candle for the dream. You hear about Chad and Tanya, you're like, I've got a crazy dream just like that. Light a candle. The light is a baby boy and he's the savior and he's the Lord and he's in our town. The light of the world has come. His name is Jesus. Let us pray. God, as we hold in our hearts this amazing story, Let us begin to dream about what you're calling us to do, where you're calling us to go, the light that you're calling us to shine. For those of us who just need to believe tonight, we pray that you would shine light in our hearts. As we remember that this boy grew into a man, Jesus, who walked the earth, who died on the cross for our sins, but the tomb could not hold him. His life is what gives us life every Christmas. In Jesus' name, amen. In just a moment, we're gonna come to Holy Communion. I'll explain exactly how that's gonna work, but I just want us to prepare for that by saying some ancient words that the church has said, preparatory words to prepare our hearts for coming and receiving Christ. They'll be on the screen and they'll be bold words that you'll say back to me. The Lord be with you. Lift up your hearts. Let us give thanks to the Lord, our God. On the night in which he gave himself up for us, Jesus took bread, gave thanks to you, God, broke the bread, gave it to his disciples and said, take, eat. This is my body, which is given for you. Do this in remembrance of me. Likewise, when the supper was over, he took the cup, gave thanks to you, gave it to his disciples and said, drink from this, all of you. This is my blood of the new covenant poured out for you and for many for the forgiveness of sins. Do this as often as you drink it in remembrance of me. And so, in remembrance of these, your mighty acts in Jesus Christ, we offer ourselves in praise and thanksgiving as a holy and living sacrifice in union with Christ's offering for us as we proclaim the mystery of faith. Let's say it together. Christ has died. Christ is risen. Christ will come again. God, pour out your Holy Spirit on us gathered here and on these gifts of bread and juice. Make them be for us the body and blood of Christ that we might be for the world the body of Christ, redeemed by his blood. Amen.